It's it's funny. I don't edit. I don't edit these at all. So we just go. <laughs> Great. You know, we got Jared. Jared has a lot of tattoos. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You have a big fucking chin strap, like a mic on his neck, and then you have like this chin strap, which yeah. is rad. That's kind of like your. I like, like that one. Yeah, it's rad. What do you think when you look at that one? Just like you don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's so funny because that tattoo actually says "Forgive Me," which is a song by Dallas Green, which is "City in Color." Mm, so it's dude. just like acoustic. He turned chill me on. Music. He turned me on to this guy, this City in Color guy, who is this dude. I'm like really excited to dive deeper into that group because yeah. he was a guitar player for like a super heavy. What like was post hardcore emo band? And, and what was that band called? <laughs> it was called Alexis on Fire. Yeah. So he was the guitar player for this hardcore band, like really heavy. Wait, like, who was he? Was or he was or the this guy? guy talking- this guy, City and Color. City and okay. City, City and Color. Oh, City and His Color. name is Dallas Green. So City, like the Dallas, mm-hmm. and Green, you like love the City color. And color. Yeah. Yeah. V- Victoria's here. Oh shit, dude. Keep talking. You didn't, do, you didn't do the camera? Yeah. But so City and Color, what was his name? Yeah, City and Color, Dallas Green. So, I mean, I got a few tattoos because of his... He inspired me to get a few tattoos for sure. Just hmm. <clears throat> one my hand tattoo is one of his album covers. And it's just really... It was just really chill acoustic music. Just him and his acoustic guitar. He did do that tour a bunch. So a lot of his songs were very emotional, but like... But nice and like not, you know, like... He, he wrote his lyrics very well. And Is that what you were listening to <coughs> earlier today when, like, by the fire? No, we weren't oh. listening to any City in Color. Dude, that's but. crazy because you, like, upset. You have, like, a few different tattoos. Like, you became obsessed with this guy. Yeah, for sure. And then I kind of met him a few times. And then, yeah. like, I thought we were homies, you know. And oh. I, we were, like, we'd be on the same really big tours. Like, I'd, you know, come across him and we'd brush shoulders and I'd say, hey. And it was just, like, when he just very first released, like, his first acoustic ep so he was still like hasn't even became city in color yet he was just still dallas green in a hardcore band you know uh, what i mean but he was re- was he releasing um city in color music on the side like there's small eps and but stuff. it was under dallas green or it was under city in color which was his solo stuff and so. so so you were in the biggest band that you were in was I would say the biggest band would be at the Skylines was the biggest band I was in. Yeah, so I I remember that band in particular playing at a festival that Hypercrush was playing at. Because we would do these festivals, like, the festivals were always great for us because, like, there was a lot of people there. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I I would, I mean, some of the biggest crowds we've performed for were at festivals. And um, it's a a little loud. You don't even really need the... I just like to... um, you don't really even need the headphones. But yeah, so you were in that band. I don't know if you were in the band at the time. But yeah, I always kind of wished I was in a fucking... A heavier band. Yeah, like... But like, I even, don't know. Even that band wasn't that heavy. I would consider that like post-hardcore Well, yeah, emo. but still, though. <clears throat> on some levels, that type of shit's even more heavy. Because I just want melody and yeah. choruses and just yeah. guitars. Like, But we actually brought the energy. So it, yeah. it actually... Like, I would stage dive and shit. I enjoyed watching you guys. I watched you guys, dude. I don't. I cannot tell you what year it was, but it was definitely like maybe like 2012 ish in in Bakersfield at a festival, at right. Rock and Rock and Roots Festival uh, okay. in, in Bakersfield. Yeah, that was pro- that was a good one. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, we played we we played the we played the stages right next to each other, and it was like 
like close, we pretty close set times too. Um, yeah, it's funny because I don't remember. Yeah, I don't really remember much. I think maybe like uh, Revolution was playing that. Did I'm, you know who they are? No. Yeah, Re- Revolution. You know who they are? You would like them actually. They're like a really, really dope new like reggae group. Oh, but it's like that sounds tight. It's like uh, you know they're white kids, but yeah. it's like good music, you know. So um, you, 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 yeah, he was in some pretty heavy bands. You were in some pretty. You want to just give us a quick little? I mean, like, if we could just dive into it, I think you know back when I was fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get a little picture yeah. of who Jared is. So yeah. back then, so wait, your name's Jared. Jared Sims is my last name, but everyone usually knows me as Jared Eugene. Yeah, that's what I have it saved in my phone as, yeah. and your Instagram's Jared Eugene. Yeah, that's my yeah. first and middle. Um, and, and right now he's working with Jason and Vic at Chumba Meadows. They, they have a really dope uh, house next to their house that they're turning into like a rad. Fuck, they have llamas and or alpa- alpacas, yeah, alpacas, and they're they're making chickens. They've got a whole farm, Chumba but, but, Farms. But, but, but there's going to be a studios there where they make yeah. music, and, yeah. and Billy's been going over there helping them with their like um, landscape stuff and. Um, there's so many ideas. We're building here. like a hobbit house now, like yeah. a guest just, house. Just to get some context as yeah. to how Jared is ending up here because he's been a friend. And also we worked with Jared before me and Tim would do a lot of uh, work at, with Ridge Production for Jared's. Um, he was a part of a company that did like events and shit. Yep, but, yep. So, <clears throat> but yeah, let's get like the bullet points on like your life and who yeah, you are. Let's, let's take it back. I mean, way, way back in the day, I actually... Um, raced professionally it's crazy to say mm. but me my dad worked for, oh like on r- stock cart or yeah yeah i did like go-kart racing quarter midget racing isn't that my dad my dad was a professional motocross racer then he worked for nascar and he was just an engineer so he had me racing as a kid picked up guitar at like eight and then you know quit racing at 15 because he got sick so that's when so wait how are you you're driving cars when you were eight yeah like like, like little go-karts like, oh. but they're like but it's on a professional like it's a, it's a professional way Keep of racing like so so it was just um yeah there you go yeah it was you can like, move that too okay cool yeah it was like it was just professional racing and kids were involved like you started wow. at age eight to sixteen and like the the classes went higher and higher like imagine like a lawnmower engine oh, with yeah. restrictor plates and then you can imagine like a shifter cart engine that came off of a dirt bike and those mm-hmm. do like a hundred and twenty and you're like you know. An inch off the ground. Vic, will you do me a favor? Will you look at the the screen and make sure that that's filming like all of us? And I forgot to do that. So then you, so you were into racing. And <laughs> yeah, we were into racing. And then I got burnt out on racing. Racing sucked. Um, like I loved it. I was good at it. I was great at it. My dad loved it, and he loved that I was good at it. But that just wasn't for me. I hated being at the racetrack all the time. I couldn't play sports because if I got hurt, I couldn't race. Whatever. So by the time I turned 14, I was over the racing. My dad got sick, so it kind of all happened naturally. Started playing guitar. Went to my first hardcore show. I was listening to stuff like Linkin Park and P.O.D. and Deftones. Can you just, like, say what that band was? Or, like, what... Give me, like, something that was, like... Like, what changed your life? Lionheart? Or what, what well, was this the... is, it, was, it, was, it was Hoods and okay, All-Shot so Parish. Hoods. Yeah. Just hoods. hoods. I can just find them on Apple Music. I just want to give people a little 
The King is Dead is what the song that changed. Well, because what it was is I was listening, like I said, I was listening to like Deftones and Linkin Park, which is good music. And, but then all my friends finally like got me to go to this show at the workshop, which was Yo, like. Hoods has 6,000 subscribers on YouTube. That's They're it. like small, but like probably. That's what I want to talk about though. This yeah, is yeah, all yeah. like just the local scene. Fuck you, like just fucking, fucking life, man. Angry. Like it, life makes you so angry. Angry. And I like want to just like that kind of music is just like you can just oh man, it's just the highest level. It of, just took one show, so that's what I was saying. Yo, that shit is. I was coming fresh out of racing. Um, I'm from a. I was born in Modesto, wait, wait, California. Wait, 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 though. Wait. So you're you're eight years old? No, I told you. I I said it was down the road. I'm 14. Okay, but wait quit a racing. So I was 14. What, what would make you pick up a guitar at eight? Like you're just still a little kid. Oh, like, because I want. I need, I couldn't play sports. I couldn't do anything right, like but, that. So my dad bought me a guitar because he's like, learn how to play guitar. And then race, uh, play so, guitar, but, but, race. But just to put that into context, how what grade are you in when 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 you're eight? Uh, I don't like remember. Fifth grade or That's fifth when or I started grade. playing guitar too. Yeah, oh, really? fifth or sixth yeah. grade. Oh, you guys I, I, actually knew what you wanted to do way back then. I just liked music. No, not at all. But I just liked the music. Yeah. You, um. No. I. I. I I was in a band in fifth grade. Oh, sick. I was like not fucking around. Yeah. No, I no. always had that kind of mind where I was yeah. like, I want to make like, yeah, like green day. Like, or fuck yeah. at the, no, at the time it was Metallica, I think, or yeah, the black album. But, um, but yeah, you think eight is really young, right? But fifth grade, dude, I was getting polywogs out of ponds when I was eight years old. I was like, nah. yeah, but that's, that's what makes you like so cool is All you're right. just but yeah. but yeah so you start you start noodling and then but then by 14 you like discovered this shit well which, this is what happened it was like i had a bunch of friends they were crazy friends i would usually see them but i never had a chance to hang out with them finally i wasn't racing anymore so i was in the streets you know and they were like let's go to this hardcore show at the workshop tonight the workshop dude is crazy I'm from modesto wow. california like, that's where i was born and raised small modesto, town is, that's north yeah central valley california it's like on the way to like it's san like francisco agricultural kind of it's agriculture like yeah, and meth and meth and yeah we, we actually did a lot of shows there wait is it near fresno there, there's a spot it's there. just it's like it's like an hour north of fresno like next to Stockton, right before you get to the Bay yeah. Area. So a lot of gangsters too. One hundred percent. Yeah, but there's like a fucking little music scene there. Well, that's or what at I'm least saying. There was, there's like, a fucking was... triangle. I'm telling you, from Sacramento to Santa Cruz to Fresno, the Central Valley to Sacramento to the Bay Area is a huge fucking world of music. And mm. even the hardcore scene was so big. My first five years in music barely left the Central Valley in Sacramento and Bay Area. We played hundreds of shows. Right garages like from garages to like the biggest venues in the area you know like mm. you know and then playing the catalyst in santa cruz which was like sick and like the 418 project and then the boardwalk in sacramento and club retro like playing all these huge what's the venues. spot in modesto it was modesto virtual for a little while but the spot would be like the workshop and then 
back in the day, it was like we had the churches that we played at, the small churches, like the Rock Church, the Brunswick. We did. Like, this dude <clears throat> fucking rips. We did. Actually, will you just fucking. No. Yeah, bro. No. What do you mean? Just play something, anything. No. What do you mean, no? You need a pick? No, I don't need a pick, but like. Just please, just a anything. Hardcore song? No, just like anything. Oh, okay. I can just play, play a little bit and just face the mic at the guitar. Like, turn the mic. Or, 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 I got it. Just, yeah, 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 just play something. Oh, I thought you wanted me to like play like hardcore music. No, anything. But he's not even used to that guitar. You gotta give him a chance no, to. No, it like... doesn't matter. Oh, really? Yeah, that's rad. You put me on the spot. It's fine. But yeah, these are good little mics. I know it sounds great, actually. Yeah. Oh, that sounds sick. This guitar is kind of difficult to play. It is. The action is so It's a gnarly Yeah It's, it's hard to play <laughs> the, the strings are like Thick But so your, your specialty Is obviously electric And like Really really gnarly Like how You couldn't even play The kind of shit Can I just say something real quick yeah. We're gonna get into Talking about hardcore and stuff And this is something that I don't like hardcore anymore It mm. gives me anxiety If I mm. listen to it these days I don't play it no more I don't deal with it Okay, now let's go back to talking. Yeah, about me it. neither. I mean, I used to like punk and stuff, but I just don't have. The I get anxiety. Right. I'm I good. can still put a good album on though. Or like when Pat was the other day, he wanted to tap into the hardcore world. I got so excited. Yeah, I, was like, I, I oh, listened fuck to that. Yeah. I listened to that playlist by the way when I was running. There's some good shit. There's on some there. good shit on there. Dude. I can still listen to Primus for some reason, but What's that's not best? hardcore. Well, I don't know what nah, you would call that, but Primus is music, good music. That's like great music. Yeah. That's hard call. I that. really like. Though that you're that you've changed, yeah, and that you have like, and and we'll get Google we'll get into all that. into that. We got time. We got uh, I just wanted time. to. I just thought it would be cool to hear some strings on these mics, just because we can. Yeah. But um, so yeah, so so you didn't like. Oh, it's not even in tune. Yeah. Those are just those hardcore chords. All yeah. The time. Well, let's pretend like that's an electric guitar. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's hard to <laughs> play. If, it, but if that was like distortion, and yeah, it's fucking. He was showing me some of the songs that he wrote. Um, do you have any of those, by the way? No, no. Whatever. They were fucking dope. Like he produced, he played the guitar, he programmed the drums, the drums yeah, and the bass, bass, and they're like heavy. They hit. He's like making music for Lionheart, this group he was in. Yeah, back in the day, they're from the Bay Area. They were sick, and then that I'd... sounds familiar. Yeah, Lionheart. Yeah, that's a dope band name. Yeah, they're super dope. So they're... you got into the scene. Yeah, I got heavy into the you scene. Started like so. You saw the show and you started like learning. Well, it was like they all got me to go to the Hood show, and this was like two, this was early in the game. And when I first walked, I had no idea what I was about to walk into. You know, I've been to some like emo shows, this and that. Right. But like, <laughs> I walked into this little venue, which is like the workshop, which hey, is Dino? which is basically. 
um, a venue that's the, off the side road next to a canal near an almond orchard, which was like a really nice Mexican family-ish and his whole family, and that's where they worked on cars. That's why we call it the workshop. It had enough room to maybe fit six or to eight cars in this little shed. They would pull all the cars out and charge $5 a head at the door, and you like I, I just did not know what the fuck I was walking but into. But that's the fucking dopest. It doesn't get radder than that. Big-ass slide door to open up to go into the venue, and you can he- obviously just hear all the tins just rattling, and you just hear this wah, wah, wah. Like just, you almost think it's like a party in there, and then you slide this door open, and it's like, a fucking group of people doing karate and beating the shit out of each other to breakdowns and this dude screaming into a microphone. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. How many people were in there? Uh, 40 to 50 in a very small room. Mm. And like I would say at least 90% of them were bleeding. Wow. <laughs> like straight up, like no joke. Yeah. I got hit probably six to eight times in the head Did that get- night. That's the most I've ever been hit in the head. And But people were loving it. Did hugging you, each other and shit did you get like did you get into it right away or were you kind of playing the wall no i was totally on the wall i was totally on the oh, wall and you still and got from it. the side still got they crowd bashed they would literally the crowd it would be everyone would be dancing so hard that the, there was like there was definitely less people standing than there was people like dancing that's what we call right. it dancing but like just basically crowd bashing throwing punches and like just going nuts and then if you were standing there, like, you were most likely a target. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that was the worst part about it. But anyways, the energy was fucking insane. I loved it. I went to a show every chance I could from that uh-huh. day on out. I was at a show. And, be, and then it was, like, immediately already, like, writing heavy riffs on my guitar. Fuck Linkin Park and the Deftones. Those were guys were pussies. I was, yeah. Like, I was over it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm going to write heavy hardcore music and it wasn't that's fucking metal it wasn't punk it wasn't this it wasn't that it was hardcore it's the most extreme i i always love when art gets taken to the furthest yeah wherever that's why i don't you know like pop i actually really love pop too when it's like good pop you know absolutely i don't i just i don't like anything in the middle or any media i like so that you know, black metal and hardcore, yeah, and classical. Yeah. But, but what is hardcore then? I don't, I don't know well, what hardcore. That, well, that's hardcore. That would be considered hardcore. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. What, what we just played, like the lyrics are angry. They're violent. It's got like a hip hop feel. Like, but it's like tight, you know, and and, and it's like tight and dun 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 da da da, yeah. and then it goes fast, and then so it has elements of like what you would hear in Metallica. It has elements of what you would hear in like No Effects. Yes. It has all the elements, but it's the most heavy and aggressive kind of music that there possibly could ever be. Because black metal is really aggressive too, but it's yeah. like, but it's like more like evil and like some of it could be slow. Yeah. Hardcore is like never slow. It's always fucking fast and like, it's always fast. and it's like tight too. That's the thing I love about it is when they do the, and like the drummer and the bass and, the, and everyone's in sync. It's hard to play. It's hard to play right, you know? And sometimes the singers, and it also has like a, it like just a, has a bounce to it. Has a dude. bounce to it too. It's so good. It's yeah. got a bounce to it. It's like like a little two step to a breakdown. Who, who is like the original hardcore? Madball and like Earth Crisis. Earth Crisis. And like it's the like Earth Crisis also like 
Man, they like, you know. But I feel like there's a, a, a film on like, mm, like hardcore. They have like all these other films and documentaries on like Boston Beatdown. But like wasn't like, but, but wasn't like, like, but like, the I feel like Black was sick. But I feel like Black Flag and Black like Flag. Henry Rollins sort Henry of Rollins. were kind of. The the first when they made punk yeah. tough yeah 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 see that's, rather than grungy yeah I, th- I feel like Henry, Henry Rollins was probably or or even before Henry Rollins I don't know who the singer of Black Flag was but I think Black Flag you know the guys looking in the mirror and the mirror's fucking broken yeah you know that album I think it's called Damaged or something yeah. and it just it just feels like hardcore like yeah. sk- like shaved head. Exactly. We're not doing the long hair thing anymore. Yeah, exactly. We're not. We're just like shaved head tattoo. Totally. We're like strong. Yeah, like exactly. We're like lifting weights and we're like fucking That's like all the stuff that I really Killing wish. Like, I wish I could have been a fan of that, but I never was. And so oh, like. really? And so it was like, because like I said, when I told you, when I got into the heart, what was hardcore in 2003. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like oh, original saying, hardcore. You know, you which is you it's where that all came from. Right, right, right. But I would be like, I would be a liar if I told you I was into like the original hardcore stuff, which right, sucks. Okay. And I wish I was oh, because okay. right, 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 I got right, right, so right. deep into it. And I and I and then like I oh I obviously dove into those and loved those bands and had the chance to see a few of them live just because they were hardcore legends and this scene led me to them. Wait, you, you, but I wasn't like a fan. Like, of what? Like Black Flag? Or, yeah, like Black Flag. Yeah, you know what? Stuff. I never was either. Like, I like No Effects and Lagwagon, but I don't yeah. really like The Descendants or Black Flag or Circle Jerks. Yeah, I'm not big on that. Like, yeah, I me either. I think that the Strung Out and Lagwagon, and I think that the, the newer punk, it's a little bit more evolved. And yeah. I think the same thing for movies. Like, Citizen Kane, I don't really like it, but like, mm-hmm. if you put on any Fargo or, Fargo or any, any Coen Brothers film, I think art evolves. I really do. Yeah, and, absolutely. And it's cool to know where it all came from, but like, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not, unless it's in its truest, most raw form, like Bob Dylan, for example, yeah. it, it has a lot to do with production and style and aesthetic and like the technology when it comes to making films and stuff. And delivery. Or I think like Bernini or Michelangelo, like you can kind of compare that to like, you know, like, you know, uh, Beethoven, like that's the rawest. I don't know. It, this is a whole different conversation about like the ev- evolution of certain art forms yeah. and how they declined or whether you think they are better or worse. But I definitely think music in general is like sort of a declining art form. I think it, yeah. re- it reached its peak. Yeah. Really? Totally. Like de-evolution? Yeah, I think that like those records right there that I have, I think that was the peak of music because it was like, you know, it started from like classical and then it evolved to like folk and then like Bob, I mean, there was obviously like jazz and stuff and, but like. I just had a thought. I wonder how much commercial and monetary things affected it, you know? Anyway, go ahead. Well, no, I think that's the whole, the whole thing is that once the labels got involved, they actually helped create some amazing stuff, right? Like, um, like Tom Petty or Mm. Billy Joel or Led Zeppelin or, I mean, even the Beatles, Iggy Pop. Pop, Well, yeah, for sure. I mean. I think Iggy Pop is is rad when it comes to punk, but I don't, I think, e- I don't even know what is. I've but ne- just like, can you believe I'd never heard an Iggy Pop? 
really song yeah it's 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 whatever i mean it's uh, don't get me wrong he's incredible he's like a hero of mine but yeah. when it, if you try to compare to like iggy pop to like billy joel or like uh chris christopherson or james taylor or john denver um you know, even like ELO or the beat, like those are just different, a different level of songwriting, like the songwriting, like the singer songwriters in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, I, I personally think that's when, but I also think that when it evolved into like, you know, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Nirvana, um, even sublime, like, I think there was some really incredible stuff there happening too. But once like it became, oversaturated with the internet and, mm-hmm. and it became very easy to start making music. It became yeah. more about like a style and a look and like a brand and like an aesthetic more so than like the pure uh-huh. perfection of your craft. Yeah. And when you have to perfect your craft to even enter the game, you're going to come, you're going to get some like the Eagles, you're going to get some really incredible, but when you're extension and you just like, figure out how to like put out some crazy music that's like not really perfected and you have some crazy mugshot that's on your SoundCloud and it goes viral because you look like a fucking psycho and the kids are gravitating toward it just because it has like a a youthful aesthetic to it. Like he didn't have to perfect anything. I mean, he's a good rapper, but like, yeah, it's a whole different conversation. I don't know. It's it's one that I talk a lot about. Yeah, no, we used to talk about this, like, the first like 20 episodes is like a lot about culture, just art. culture and evolution. Because, because my co-host Wickham was like 21 mm-hmm. and I'm obviously, I was 36 and it was like, I would try to explain to him like Wickham's only 21. I know. Isn't that crazy? That's fucking crazy. Yeah. He's super woke for a 21. Yeah, he really is. I like that kid. Yeah. But he was like super, you know, suicide boys, extension, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. <clears throat> just like new rap. Yeah. And, and it's just, I don't understand you. I don't even think you can compare it like on like a music level to like, you know, it's hard to, you really, you really can't compare it, but I, maybe it's just my, it's all different levels of perception, I guess. Yeah, it is. At that point. But I mean, mean? you, you just, you know, uh, the Beatles or even like Led Zeppelin or, or the doors like they, they, I mean, I could just go on and on and on they were doing something that required like such a high amount of practice, craft perfection, understanding songwriting. Like it's just a lot more. And to me, that's just a much more evolved form of art than, um, you know, Tupac, even though I love Tupac, like that dude. I got a question since you guys know all about, all about music. And we'll go back. I want to, we're going to go back. We'll dive to back in. <sighs> okay. So there was this band and their first album is like still legendary. And then every album after that, just nothing. Mm. What are they called? You know, it's like big hands. I know you're the one. Oh, uh, violent femmes. Yeah. So why was their first album? Dude, Vi- that's actually a really good example. The violent femmes are fucking, that album is so incredible. Did you know that? It sounds so familiar. Yeah, of course. And when they perform, bro, it's literally like three guys. It's like one acoustic guitar, a guy with like two like sticks, and like another dude. Or actually, I don't even. There's a stand up bass in there. Yeah, there's a stand up bass. It's so. 
like simple. It's it, it's like it's like rock. It's like pop rock in its simplest form. But what someone told me is when they did their first album, they didn't know how to play, and then once they learned, they lost their Dude, I, whatever it was. I love that you just brought them up because they are they are so fucking rad, and like I feel like major, majorly underestimated. Everybody's kiss off in the end. So punk rock, but like, not. Situation gets rough, then I start to panic. It's not enough. It's just a habit. A kid just sick. What darling is sick? You can always kiss off in the air. Behind my back, I can see them stare. They'll hurt me bad, but I won't mind. They'll hurt me bad. They do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. They have a lot of really good songs, but it's so. Um, you you don't even know that? No. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I was in a completely different place in time. Right, but this is not. This is like classics. And this is old. This album's old. Yeah, it's, yeah, what is? Yeah, yeah, this is old. Yeah, but I didn't even really listen to. Cla- I feel like I didn't get that. That sounds sick, but yeah. Well, see that bass? Yeah, it sounds fucking fire. You know, why can't I get just one kiss? Maybe something's I wouldn't miss. But I look at your pants and I need a kiss. Why can't I get? It's punk rock, dude. It's it's punk rock. It really is. I, I don't I really can know. Hear it. Yeah, I don't really know what you're. Um, I didn't know they put out other albums or what, what's that's what I'm saying, but they're just not even. Really. I mean, if I had to guess, I bet you that dude was on heroin or something, you know, like that guy seems like a fucking, you know what? I did see them at Lollapalooza though. Damn. It was so insane. I couldn't believe how like, I love music festivals so much. Yeah. I couldn't believe how like small their per, 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 percussion. I, I mean, I couldn't believe how, um, I couldn't believe how like simple their their setup was. I was like, these guys are making this sound with these things with 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 like there there was just like not even it just was so much bigger than it sounded so much bigger than um this is their biggest song. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know this cut. song. Yeah, cause this was like, this was like on MTV and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but 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 they're like really, they really are. Yeah. So I think it's this is the album. I think the music I played never even fucking made it to TV at all whatsoever, except for. No. Yeah. This is a totally different thing. There but. was like, there was definitely a few documentaries, and they did a National Geographic documentary on Straight Edge. Right, really? In hardcore music. Yeah, I'm going to get this. Were you straight edge? I was never straight edge. You, you're familiar. You know what straight edge is. Obviously. It's just like uh, punks that don't drink or do drugs or... Yeah, pretty much. But it's, it's just, I feel like there's so many different and forms of, of straight edge. And some don't fuck and some don't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Know? Some don't, like, no promiscuous sex and, 
this and that. And other people and others are just like we just want to be outstanding citizens. You know what I mean? Like we don't drink, we don't smoke, we don't do this, we don't do that. But then there's like militant straight edge kids that like will beat you up if they catch you at a show smoking a cigarette and like jump you and fucking hit you in the cross your right. face with brass yeah. knuckles. Yeah, it's so weird, right? All these factions. Mm-hmm. I remember I was at a seven seconds show. And the band's Jewish, right? And uh-huh. then some guy got up on stage and started doing the Heil Hitler skinhead guy. And the whole place just kind of picked him up and just... I think they hit him a few times and put him outside. Yeah. Like, but, you know, you got the... Anyway, that was just... Uh, I mean, we've dealt with our fair share of skinheads, too. They, they would come out of the woodworks just randomly at these hardcore shows. And I don't know. It kind of everyone would clash. You know what I mean? It, it's just... Okay, so so you're, um, and then you start joining bands. Oh fuck! Okay, let's go back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, I like right. I left that show, man, and like I we I think we started. I started a band that week. You know what I mean? And then it was just like all I cared about was hardcore music. Um, it's so funny too because uh, we've made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hardcore songs, and we've played probably ten to fifteen different sets. Before ever even recording a demo, mm. we like hit the garage, made a six set within like three or four weeks. Within a month of that first show, is that we were already opening up a, a show. What was that band nearby. called? That band was called whatever Aries. It was called Aries, uh, which was the the Greek god of war. I'm Aries. We wanted to be hard, but it's A R E S, so it was like no I. Right. So Aries for the god of war. That's fucking radical. Because we wanted to be. Is there not tough. a band name that? Not even, I don't know. Not, That's probably a not really cool band name. We just wanted to be as tough and that as sounds hard like as we a great. Possibly be. That sounds like a great uh, hardcore band name. And we kind of switched things up a little bit. We we tuned our guitars lower and we played slower, which made it heavier. And we called it like beat down hardcore, and it got more violent than what we've seen. That's what we were inspired by. So we started like, like that was our whole point. Our, our whole point was just to provoke as much chaotic violence as we could, could while we were on stage for that 25, 30 minutes, like whatever. We just wanted to destroy everything. And we actually got known for it. Like, and once we got to a point where we, you know, we played every venue and garage and house you can play in the Central Valley and Sacramento and the Bay Area and you know, went from playing garage shows to playing, like, bigger venues, you know, that was fun, you know, we had 100 kids, <laughs> or 150 kids, it was getting too, it was just getting wild, um, then we went on tour, we've been banned for life from, I think, 17 different venues, but that's, wow, <laughs> How, what does that look like when, when you get banned? It was just like, a lot of the time the venues had no idea what they were getting so sad to. Because we're booking all of our own tours and we're doing this and we're trying to warn oh, them. Shit. They're like, oh yeah, we've had shows, we've had hardcore shows, we are, we're familiar. But they have too. But I just didn't think they were familiar with the demographic we were bringing. We're bringing like those straight edge kids and we're bringing like a much more beat down violent crowd. Like these kids were not kids that just went to like post hardcore shows and emo shows that like hardcore dance with tight pants on like these were kids that were wearing cargo shorts and had brass knuckles in their back pocket and like they were fucking wild 
So we actually destroyed a few venues. And you know what I mean? And that's what we were like. That's exactly like some of our ad libs and catchphrases were like, fuck this place up. Let's go. You know, like circle pit, circle pit, circle pit, punch everyone you see. It was crazy. We provoked that. I went like, so like even just two years into playing that hardcore music and getting into touring, we got banned from so many venues, so many fights. And like, obviously people, like when you're, going to these shows and like other people that bring inviting like you're trying to mix genres so we'll have like a hardcore band get on a metal show thing and then you got kids moshing and doing like the whole hardcore dancing thing and people are just clashing so that's creating huge fights which gets violent so that's people jumping each other like so this went on for years like that's what we were all about dude it was like crazy um i had to go to court and i was in and out of court in nevada because we played a venue, I just remember it was during the holidays, because I remember Christmas trees flying across the room, <laughs> and we were co-headlining that show, and that was that Aries band, and we ended up getting arrested that night, because like it was like a bar, like imagine a small bar in Nevada, it's, it was like just outside of Carson City, small bar, where they moved like everything out of the way to have a big enough room, probably this size right here, um packed full of kids that decide for our last song went insane grabbed the billiard sticks and threw them at the uh threw them through the windows there was a lot of straight edge kids there that were like militant that i was talking to you about so they took the bar stools and threw them at the back bars to break all the alcohol so fucking crazy so they destroyed this place and then the owners of the bar start fighting back to the crowd and that led to them just getting fucking beat, like almost to a pulp by the crowd. And at this point, we're all just still on stage with our instruments, kind of like jaw dropped, like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, like this. Like, and then Mike was finally like, you know, call, everyone stop, knock it off. I mean, obviously, prior to that, he was saying, fucking destroy this place, right? So anyways, long story short, that happened. Then the owners and the people got beat up. Like, you know, like that happened at shows. <laughs> because like the crowd just gets away from you. They, and they went nuts. And, and like, you like, can't control them. You after. can't control them. Yeah. They had no idea. So then I was in and out of court for the next year and six months because my charges were provoking breach of peace and inciting a riot that led to personal injury and property damage we were all looking at like six to 12 years in wow. carson city nevada for playing a show so we had how like, old were you at that point uh, 17 no 16 six, yes 16 17 somewhere right there 16 or 17 banned banned from washoe county nevada completely the entire county still am till this day Wow, it's crazy, and that's the kind. It was funny too. That's where like my mom ended up living. So, anyways, like time goes on, and then we started. I started more bands, and get got we're getting more popular, getting bigger. And so, can I go back a little bit, a little bit? So, you grew up. Were you a farm boy? I mean, what what was your? Yeah, my dad had almond orchards, and we raced. So I rode dirt bikes and raced cars before I could walk. Okay, so you grew up in kind of a rural farm community sort of thing, and why were you so pissed off? I mean, why? Because did that, that was only when I was with my dad, and then other, and then the other fifty percent of the time, I was around a very violent family 
like my stepfather was very violent and evil and my they were all addicted to meth terribly violent evil like you beat like with my mom like my mom and my stepdad and my stepdad had a, a an older son you know like he was like 20 years older than me or something like that so like my stepbrother was like fucking way older than me and then my my stepbrother and my stepdad were like had my mom and then they were all just like addicted to meth and like always doing crazy shit and then there was always drama popping off and my mom was always getting beat and it was like just fucking nuts so like when i was with my mom monday through fucking thursday my life was hell and then i went to the racetrack with my dad thursday through sunday every weekend you know what i mean so it was back and forth from hell to like what i was already becoming more of a hell because i was getting sick of racing because it was like not allowing me to have a life because I was just going to a racetrack all the fucking time. I was like, dude, I'm so sick of this. Like, I don't want to fucking go race. Hmm. Like, even if I was, like, you know, undefeated, like, unbeatable, I was just so fucking over it. I couldn't do it no more. I did not want to race another lap. You know what I mean? So that's why I really got, like, right? So when I, when my dad, my dad got sick, which is kind of what slowed down the racing. And my dad was also a raging alcoholic and he acted like an idiot at the racetrack and lost like a million dollar contract for me when I was at the age of fucking 14. I could have been racing professionally, like till this day. I had like a two, like it was like a $1.2 million contract just laying on the table. At eight or nine <coughs> years old or whatever you were? No, I was like 14 at this point. Oh, like this okay, is when okay. I was like really good at racing and they were trying to put me, they were trying to bump me up to do two years of training before I could race at that level legally at 16. Uh-huh. So they were trying to get me to sign at 14 and go into a two year training course to be able to start the race season at age 16 and just be like this fucking wow. epic young kid racer. <clears throat> but my dad was an alcoholic and drank himself into like a stroke, like a stressed out stroke. And cause he got drunk at the racetrack and caused us to like get into this big fucking tiff with the people that were sponsoring us. And like, it just got weird. And then I'm not, I don't remember a lot of it. And he stressed right. himself the fuck out. And like, he had a stroke and then he had back to back to back strokes until like he passed away. So it all happened really fast. Strokes like where he loses a uh, function of body parts and things like that. Or, well, he had like uh, fucking two strokes that weren't that bad. So he had one stroke and he pulled back from it and you can see he was a little different. And then he had another stroke and he was like, kind of like not the same. So were you embarrassed because he was drunk all at the track or what? Like, are you just think, pissed off? I don't off think that phased me. I don't think that phased me at all. And that's what's so crazy is like, I don't think I was that, I don't think I was very angry either. I think it was just when my friends took me to that show, I think it was the amount of energy that was at that show that mm. I, that I enjoyed. It wasn't. I didn't go there angry. Like, I, I went there not knowing what to even expect. But when I seen, like, people going nuts and crazy, like, I just but, thought it was sick. I was but, like, oh, this energy, is sick. Yeah. yeah, but here's the thing, dude. Like, I wasn't really angry either. Yeah. Like, I'm not. Like, I'm not. I'm like, a, I've always been, like, an artistic, like, cool, like, guy who likes to get high. But, like, there's a, there's a thing inside of us. Dude, it's my like, core is, like, fuck the world and I'll rip your head off and shit down your neck. I don't know why. Because yeah, no, I came from the same kind of shit you did. You don't, yeah. but you're not in touch with no, 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 it. No, no, But it's in there. No, like, but what I was trying to say was Sorry. that. I got, no, I did. I no, got no, no. angry. But it, what I'm trying to say angry. is that there's a different thing. It's called rage. Yeah. And it's, like, deep inside is, us. And we're not in touch 
touch with it. But when you went to that show and you saw that, like you had something inside you that was like ready. That rage was ready to resume. come out. Yeah. And that's what all those dudes were yeah. doing. And like I said, these like kids a dude are, that's like angry on the outside. Yeah. I don't know if they're really, if they, it's like the quiet killers. As like crazy the, as those are the guys that really have the rage. As crazy as it sounds, those dudes that were fucking beating the shit out of each other, they were hugging each other right after. Like, oh, did I just knock your mm-hmm. teeth out? Oh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, th- this th- band is sick, yeah, right? It's cool. It's they like had unity. They had yeah. they were brotherhood. They it was really clicky too. It was just they're fucking gangs, dude. Like, okay, so <clears> let's <throat> skip ahead to like you're in bands. Okay, so we did that for like the super heavy hardcore for a few years, and then I guess you can say once we started getting popular, and then MySpace came out, and then I'm like, I have my neck tattooed. I'm only 17 years old. Like, right, you were blown on MySpace, and you were the guitar player in what band? That, at that time, I was in Recognize, a band called Recognize, and um, then that's when I bailed, and I kind of was like. And like it was so much fucking drama. We can go so deep into it, but I was basically a sellout because I wasn't going to play hardcore anymore, and I was going to go to the post-hardcore world because I wanted to play bigger shows. I wanted to get on Warp Tour. I wanted right. to do this. I wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the yeah. and the music I was playing was too violent and too heavy, and like war, like we weren't at like they yeah. didn't, that the genre wasn't at that stage. I mean, like, bro, we couldn't H- play Warp Tour. Hoods has six thousand. YouTube subscribers and to they're this like day. The, and they're like, like they're like the legends of hardcore. They too. are, and they're so <laughs> rad. But they're fucking. They all probably have like regular jobs, and they all are probably struggling. Mikey whatever. Hood is a barber, and he he's riding a bike right now, probably. Yeah. So, but he's still making hardcore music. So, so that's I have Mikey so Hood. much respect for that. But I also totally <laughs> yeah, understand. I love Mikey. That guy was like became a second dad to me because he was obviously my fucking hero. Mm-hmm. I talk to Mike all the time. Like, I seen him on the stage just scream and fuck the world. It was like, okay, absolutely. And so I looked up to that guy for, like, years after that. So MySpace. Yeah, MySpace popped off, and things were changing. Things were, like, you know, the scene kids were popping out, and metal was getting heavier also. And, like, the like the heavy metal scene was kind of death metal was taking some vibes from the hardcore world and getting real heavy, you know what I mean? Like... Jason was showing you that band like Emir and stuff like that. That was rocking mm-hmm. Warp Tour heavy. So that was kind of the direction I was headed. And then I like linked up with Johnny Craig, which is this kid that has like the voice of an angel, and he was super popular and like Skylet, the emo, yeah, Skylet Drive, Emerosa. Did, did he have red hair? Yeah, he had a red mullet. Yeah, I know and he that just guy. could fucking sing. Like, and yeah, I knew him because we would like do drugs together and party and fuck girls together all the time. And so. Johnny, I hit up Johnny, and Johnny was like, oh, just come on Warp Tour with my band, bro. And then Johnny's all strung out on heroin forever. I always would pull him out of it. I've saved Johnny's life a few times with that shit. Um, but he really put me on game. He was the one that got me into that genre, got me on a Warp Tour, you know, and then I kind of was doing whatever I could. Like a Skylight Drive needed a guitarist or a bass player because they just kicked out their bass player. And I was like, oh, I know the songs. You know what I mean? And wow. then, like, I would just try to learn them right. Like, you know, that night on the bus. Like, <laughs> So one day I'd be like playing bass in a band and like on Warp Tour. And then the next day I was like selling merch. Like I was kind of doing like double dipping, trying to do everything I can just to stay on the tour. I did that for like two years. So I played for like a Skylight and Emerosa and did those thingies. Wow. That's fucking impressive, dude. And that was fun. Warp Tour is hard, man. It's a grind. It's during the summer, and you're touring on buses, going to different outdoor venues Every all across the city, city. and yeah. it's hot. 
and there's like a bunch of kids and it's just it's and a then grind. you have to be up at like you, there's curfews and stuff so you're up at like 6 a.m setting up because you're already on site so then you're like you're setting up the merge tables like i had to get up early to do all that shit yeah you had like the worst job yeah, so i had to go set up all the merch and then i'd go sleep for a few more hours and then i'd go play a set and then i'd go back to the merge booth to break it all down wow and then i'd go to like the fucking the warp tour barbecue thing probably do a bunch of coke drink a bunch of beer find a way to like hook up with a girl and then back at it again like wow. at six Did in the morning with like fat mike or any of that i just like around him a lot but at that point he right. kind of didn't like i don't know he always he didn't fuck with us as much as he fucked with other people he fucked with other like under oath a lot and he like oh, really? would talk shit to certain bands but i think he respected the fact that we were kind of like heavy yeah for sure we didn't give a fuck and we we're yeah. like hard but he still would like on stage he would still talk shit about us right <clears throat> <laughs> Like Fat he didn't Mike like the is, genre. Is, Fat Mike is the singer of No Effects, and he's owns Fat Records, and they were a huge part of Warp Tour for like a long time. Yeah, the, the, yeah, pioneers right there. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I mean, obviously, people don't like it when things change. I mean, cause if you looked at Warp Tour the last couple of years, it was like the kids, with like some of the kids that were there to see the headlining bands, don't even know who No Effects is, which is crazy to me. Right, fucking crazy to me because we owe those guys so much for Warp Tour. It's right. insane. So that really like kind of watching the whole war tour change really fast was insane. So then, but, but it was multi-genre. It was all that. It was like really punk, and then it was like the emo bands, and then it was. Like but it the started bands. as like punk, straight bl- up blink, and and then it turned into like a commercial. So warp tour is like uh, something that went on for a long time. It was the van, Vans warp tour, Vans, you know, Vans shoes, but. But like longer than Coachella or Lollapalooza or anything, that was like mm. a long-standing. It was lo- yeah. It was one of the first festivals, and it lasted probably at least twenty years. Yeah, it was a big part of my life, and it just stopped. It, it's no longer a thing. Huh? I felt something <laughs> behind me for sure. So I, I want to get to the learning to lose part. Um, like you, you, you at some point like. This isn't my thing, dude. Or, it was. Or are like, we there yet? Or are we like? No, we totally can get there. So, like I said, it was the uh, the music was. I liked the energy. I liked being on stage. I liked being popular. I liked the attention. Um, but I definitely didn't like the vibe or the genre. I did, deep down inside of me, it wasn't me. Like all the anger and the rage and like the fights and. Which is probably why you gravitated towards uh, color. It was like I was literally punching people in the face just because my friend told me to. Mm-hmm. It was but so city, stupid. But so the thing about City and Color is he was a guy in one of those bands. Yeah, he was a guy in one of those bands on music, tour. But yeah. he started making acoustic guitar, like singer-songwriter music that was like beautiful. So I think that's why he gravitated towards him. Totally. I, he was relating to guy, him heavily. Yeah, and I it, was on tour listening to him yeah. singing songs of exactly what I was going through yeah. and what I was dealing with and being a part of a band that I didn't want to be with. Like playing songs on stage that I did, like didn't meant nothing to me that I was like ashamed of afterward. You know what I mean? Like, but it, it, something switched at some point cause you were into it and now you're not and you're still doing it. Is that the deal? No, it was like, I I just stuck into it for a long time, just to like, 
some a little bit out of fear because it was like it was almost like one of those gang things where I kind of mm-hmm. felt like I was about to get jumped out because I was so deep into it and like like the hardcore music was very clicky we all had crews we all did dirt we all did fucked up things we all got jumped and we all did some jumping like it was crazy like it was really weird trying to get out of that situation and trying to join other bands because of all the the fighting we did across the country with these straight edge kids and these other kids mm-hmm. and this and that and fans, even but, but fans. What I don't understand is you were attracted to it and you were some stoked kid. when you were younger and you got into it. And then at some point you just didn't want to. Cause anymore. I enjoyed the unity and I enjoyed all that. And I think so what even was, then you didn't like the music then, or what are you saying? Like, I, I'm just trying to understand how you went from here not to there as much because I played the music really well and I recorded the music really well. But even when I was doing the hardcore stuff, I was like, if I had a chance to listen to music or on the van, if we were traveling, I was listening to like gangster rap, like Mac Dre and <laughs> party rap, like Mac Dre, Andre Nicotina and Tupac. And but it's sh- that's interesting because we don't always like listen to the stuff we make. Yeah. Like I didn't really listen to, I would never listen to Hyper Crush. That's what Pat told me. He's like, I would, you know. Yeah. And I'm I, like, that's interesting. You wouldn't. And I, I, I doubt whether like even like Bob Dylan would like listen to his own music. So I don't know. I think. But, it's, but now I listen to my own music all the time. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. One hundred and ten percent. Like I mean, every time you, I make you, a song, you, you would listen to Elephant Heart. Yeah. CJ Victoria is in the back. Yeah, see, that's... Yeah. I play my music you know, you in my what? car every day. I, I, I think I only you know listen to my music. I take that now. back. There were a lot of stuff that we were making at the time that I did like. Yeah. Uh, it's just hard when you're in a group with, with a couple other people and like... It doesn't always end up being exactly what you want it to be, uh-huh. but you have... You, you definitely have your stamp on it, but it's like... Yeah. Um, so... The, the the career you were in, it, it didn't, it wasn't something that was like lasting. It, it no. didn't, it, it, you couldn't keep making, that's we're making other. no money. We can okay. barely, we, we only got enough gas money to get so, to the next freaking town. Yeah. I remember like my own band beat me up and left me in Florida type situation like where everyone's fighting and that's when it like clicked for me. I was like, dude, these people suck. Yeah. Like you guys are all terrible dudes still. <laughs> like <laughs> still? Guys, oh, like some of them are still so ignorant. Like I hope they see this because well, who who what band? Like this was the band recognized. This is like we all came together, like these Central Valley kids all came together to make this like super band. And everyone that was, was before or after Warp Tour shit. This was like, this was before. Right. And it was like, these dudes were great dudes. We were all brothers. We all call each other like absolute best friends. But the things that we did to each other was pure scum. It was like right. disgusting. Well, you guys were young too. Yeah, and we were very young. But it was yeah. like, they were terrible dudes. And I think it was like when everyone kind of started turning on each other and like trying to fight each other and then actually like fighting each other in other states i just it clicked i was like this is just not for me and then like and i was already and obviously i made friends and with all these other bands and we'd play mixed genre shows and it was like god i just really wish i was in one of those bands so you like, got so, and then, so and then for that's me. when he started doing skylet drive and Emerosa. yeah but yeah. then that started to even become something that wasn't 
And then you start, and then that stopped too. Yeah. So then, like, I did that for a long time, and it was fun. I was actually like really hyped on that, and then like I was so stoked on at the skylines and did that, and like they made amazing music, and I was just like kind of getting in where I fit in with them, which was so much fun. Um, but then like then I just got over it. We played we played their last show, and after we played their last show, that was kind of just like it for me. Like when at the skylines did their last show at the observatory in Santa Ana, we sold it out. It was sick. It was fucking huge. That was that was my last. Like I was over it. I was yeah. like I'm good. Like that's when that's kind of when I like picked up. That's when I really picked up producing. I was like okay like. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to make this type of music. I don't want well, to do Well, not that. only that, but like how how can you really make a living being a guitar player in a band like that? You can't. That's the point I'm trying to get at. You have, you like, have eight fucking dudes that are yeah. all trying to survive yeah. off of merch money and you're only selling like five to six shirts yeah. a show. Everyone's stealing the tip jar money and not telling the other person. Like, it's yeah. just fucking crazy. It was stupid. We were all like... By the end, I think every show we barely we probably had like under two hundred bucks every show just split between like eight guys. It's crazy. Six band members and then like a, like a fucking a merch guy and a. So driver. these bands are they have a, a big follow a pretty big following and stuff, but they still just can't make any money. Is that- I think it changed over years. I kind of got out of it. I got out of it before Lionheart really fucking like blew up like across overseas but, but and still, Germany and stuff. But and still like, though, like still, it's, it's the stamp and the staple we all left. Like recognize left a huge staple. Like I'm pretty sure like they'll be known around California the hardcore scene yeah, forever. Yeah, but look, here's the thing about like being in a band like that. It's still hard because, like, the guarantees for the shows are like, you know, whatever, a couple thousand, maybe, yeah. or ten. Like, let's, think, let's say it's ten thousand. I think two K is the highest I ever got. Okay, those hardcore see, bands. see, that's why it's just at the skylines. No, but, at the skylines, we did like seventy five hundred. Okay, but see, seventy. Let's say ten. Let's just say ten thousand. Mm-hmm. You have to split that. Like a couple different ways. So that's ten thousand a, sh- an, uh, a weekend. Uh, yeah, but you got to give some to your manager. No, I understand. It's not. It's, it's not, not enough. enough. And you're on the road all the time. It's a grind, and that's like a high end. You know, that's I never, why like, I never got to the DJ, point of understanding that. Like, I never got to that point. I at the Skylines got signed by Roadrunner Records, and like I got a taste of what that was like. Uh, and it was like I had a per diem of sixty dollars a day. Yeah. And then I think I got like an extra hundred. I think I like, like I said, I think it was like 200 bucks a day is what like, I thought. It's just, it's hard because those songs aren't getting syncs. They're, they're not like big radio songs. You can only get so big. So it's like, yeah. that's why being a DJ or hyper crush, for example, like we're three people and we can go to a club one night on a Saturday and get 10 grand and perform and not even have to set up equipment I mean, and then if you can, like, we didn't get big enough, but, like, we were right there. We were right at the point where we were like, okay, you could be getting 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100K easy. Like, as soon as you get one radio single, like, you, you, you could be raking it in. And that's where you can really make money is being a DJ or some sort of, like, it has to really be, it's, it's hard to, to, to make it in the music industry. It's just hard. It's really hard because you might think 10 grand a night is a lot or you might be really popular, but like the actual, the the reality of how many different ways you have to split that and like just how hard it is to to actually make a living is is tricky, especially with like a rock band that's not, that's popular, but not like popular when it comes to like being a household name. 
I get it. Yeah. I hear you. It's yeah. a hard fucking life, and you don't make any money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <it's laughs> sounds terrible. So the, the the whole reason that I started this and the whole concept behind learning to lose is like when Hypercrush started to decline. Uh-huh. I kind of realized that outside any outside, if I'm trying to f- fix something inside with something on the outside. It never will work. Yeah. And I started chasing certain things like success and, you know, whatever success with Hypercrush and, 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 and using that to define me. And when I lost totally. that, once totally. I lost it, I was like, dude, I finally surrendered and I realized it doesn't matter. It's not about that or anything on the outside. That's not going to make me okay. 100%. So it was like, I let go, I surrendered, and I just tried to like kind of channel what do I really like, what do I really enjoy doing, how can I be happy, and that's what I want to try to tap into with you as far as like where, what your path was after sort of being out of the guitar metal which is where we're at now yeah the hardcore stuff well well, not even just the hardcore like a skylet and emerosa all like, of it that like last just the, show just so what like did you that. do after that and and i mean after that it was like i i felt extremely defeated because i went through so much stuff like yeah like i felt so defeated because i held on to that dream of like of being in one of those big bands and like headlining warp tour for so freaking long that's all I wanted, all I wanted, all I wanted. And right. Ultimately, like, and that's why I kept being in the dumb band that I didn't want to be in, but that had some clout, so go ahead and stick with it. That's why I kept letting the lead singer bang my girlfriend because, because I, like, because I couldn't start anything with him because it, then I wouldn't be in the band. You know, like, I went through so much shit and let so much stuff happen to me, which was not cool. I just allowed it because I just wanted to be in the band because yeah. I just wanted to play the next show. Right. And I wanted, because I just felt like at any moment we were going to make it, like that record label was finally going to sign us. And, right. and it was finally like my own personal project, like where I wrote all the music where it wasn't like I was just filling in for a band and I wasn't, yeah. like it was my fucking band. You know what I mean? Like recognized was my fucking band uh, other than like, like how I've written songs for like Lionheart and how I played a few shows with hoods, you know, like whatever, like recognize was like my fucking band. And that's the one I put all the work into, but those dudes are terrible, man. Like, yeah. Like some of them are great and they're all, I mean, they're all great in their own way and they're all good people now. Like they all went through their own shit too. I mean, at least I think, I don't know. I kind of stopped talking to them all, but like it was after all that. And then like at the skylines and all that stuff was short lived. I just, I don't know what really clicked. It was just like, I just needed to wash my hands of it. Yeah. Completely. Um, and then you started working for, uh, what was the company called with Matt? No, I went or to, with I, went, I went back, I went to tattooing for a while. So I did, oh, right. I did like, I, cause I tat like during the music stuff right there, like during all that music time, I learned how to tattoo and I was doing art on the road and tattooing on the road. So then once I walked away from that show, it was Jeffrey Starr that hooked me up with a job. Huh. At a tattoo shop because I met Jeffrey on Warp Tour and this and that. He hooked me up with a job at a tattoo shop and I was at that tattoo shop for two years, like making hardcore songs and 
beats like Skrillex because I was like, if Sonny can do it, I can do it. Wow. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Yeah. So I was still like recording hardcore songs, but like also like that's when I was starting to learn how to produce. And, uh-huh. You know, I, obviously it's Skrillex as my inspo because I totally watched him transform on Warp Tour as well, going from being a singer from a band to being the world's biggest DJ. Whoa. Winning six Grammys. That was huge and inspiring. But so I went to tattooing, you know what I mean? And like was still like popping into hardcore shows here and there. But I got jumped in L.A. Like I, didn't, I haven't been to a hardcore show in two years. And I went to a show at Chain Reaction and somebody just so happened to recognize me from the That's band called the Recognize. And I got jumped two years down the road by these dudes. I had no idea who the fuck they were. And I got jumped because of the band that I was in. And I'm like, dude, like. So ashamed and embarrassed that I was ever in that fucking band. This band that I put years of hard work and blood, sweat, and tears into. How did that and all? I hated like, it. How did that all like end? Like, how did they? How did they end up beating you up and putting you on the side of the road? That was like that was kind of a collective. Of everyone fighting together. I don't want to say they just beat me up and left on the side of the road. Everyone was fucking fighting. Everyone was turning on everyone. Right. And it was just like a whole clusterfuck of of bullshit. It was just when we got home from that tour, the lead singer quit and like left the tattoo. We had a band and a tattoo shop. And he quit the band and left a tattoo shop and left my desto and went back to Fresno and just said he was done. And I was like, well, fuck all y'all then. I'm going to go join one of these like little bands that you guys keep saying I'm going to sell out for. And that's exactly what I did. And of course, and I kept it moving. You know what I mean? They all, none of them have played music since because like everyone got bitter. Like they tried doing their own thing, but they didn't, they didn't do anything compared to what I did. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, but that's all that just goes to show because I try to keep that band together forever. You know what I mean? Like, oh, don't quit, dude. Like, don't quit. Make, like, don't quit. Come on. Like, let's do this. We can make it. Like, it's, we're almost there. We're going to get on the next big tour. Like, that's what you were saying. Yeah. But, and I was also trying to get them to change the lyrics. I was like, stop talking shit. Stop talking shit about girls. Stop talking shit about guys. You just sound like a bitter piece of shit. I was like, if you want to play right. a warp tour, we got to talk about something else, bro. <laughs> like it, it, like if right. you, but then like I also understand, like what were the lyrics? Oh, just like talking shit about banging dudes' girlfriends and stuff. But it's uh. like weird. Like he's like screaming, so it's like it's like Migos rap, but screaming. Like it was a little bit ahead of our time because it was cool. People loved it. We had fans. Right. He would just talk shit about girls, like you know, like. But he was a creep. Yeah, it's a fucking creep. You can't be straight edge. And talk shit about dr- drunk girls. Right. Fucking weirdo. Wow. So what's that dude doing now? It's tattooing. Right. <laughs> like, I used to be so afraid of this guy. That was another thing, too, that kept me in the band. Because he was the cool dude. He was the clicked up one. He was the one that would punch anybody in the mouth for even, like, looking at him funny. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, hot head guy. Still is that way. Probably, I wow. bet you. I, he bet you he's gonna come looking for me if he ever sees this or hears this. I hope he does, but it is what it is. We've nah, already had our talks. He doesn't. It's know. just so crazy because they are all so ignorant and so rude and dumb. And yeah, but so talented. Were- but talented. Mm. Everyone was talented. But I feel like that was a little problem. I'm, I'm happy I made it down to LA and got out of like, like it's just so crazy. I try to think back of like any type of talent or cool things that have came out of like Modesto and Fresno and stuff like that. And I know there's a lot out there, but it's like, fuck. That's why people get so stuck into drugs and meth and this and that. Cause there's like nothing else to do. Yeah. 
The desert. They're just fucking stuck Qu- there. Qu- didn't Queens of the Stone Age come from over the, around there? No. Not from Modesto. But they're like from like the desert. Maybe. Yeah, they are. They're like the shit. I love Queens of the Stone Age. I so, worked with a guy who has a band that's from... What's another town right there? Stockton. <clears throat> Somewhere right in there, too. He's a nice guy, and he's, in, he's been trying to get in the music. You know, make it so you can make a living forever. It's just yeah, not going to happen. It's just And so... he's good. He sings. He's got a good voice, you know. But he... People just have, like, this old idea. You know, when you look at... Oh, like... Y- you know, you look at, like, rich musicians... But for every one, there's like thousands of others that didn't, that aren't. And then even like some of the Did bands you, you might think are rich probably aren't, you know? It's just so crazy. Like I said, we, we really were in it to win. Like I thought, I thought for sure that hardcore music was going to be what I played for the rest of my life. We played wow. so many garages and like front yards and backyards and tiny venues and elks lodges and this and that across the united states where are you at now i just saw like a post of you outside your trunk at the beach that was cool were you with him No. i was like yo he was like he had his trunk open and he was sitting in the back of his trunk filming the beach and he was like trunk hangs and i was like oh that's a cool idea like I have a, my, my car is dope because it's a hatchback and the seats go down. So it's like this huge bed and like it goes all the way up. So I kind of like parked, just backed up to the curb along the PCH and I was, I ordered a bunch of, uh, um, identifying, uh, edible plants in the wild in the Northwest of America. So I read that whole book today. That was today? <laughs> yeah, that was earlier today. Oh, dude, I'm into that. I can go all around these hills and tell you all kinds of shit about yeah. what's edible and stuff. Yeah. yeah, all the berries and the and barks. And there's uh, mushrooms now, too, because oh. of the fires and stuff, Yep. which I don't know, so don't I don't know. I can but here, can I ask a question yeah, or two? Yeah, please. I'm going to um, I'm gonna do some inquisiting. Yeah. So you're, you, I'm just going to, whatever. So, Jared. Yes. What are your your hopes and your dreams and your aspirations? Like, who is Jared? Who is this guy uh, across from me that I'm talking to that, you know, does this uh, cool shit, this this painting, and builds chicken coops and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and seems like a really chill guy, but was from this violent scene and stuff, which I, I find kind of paradoxical and interesting. And then I see this uh, insect, which looks... What is that on your hand? It's an Atlas Beetle. It's a it's also an album cover. That's an album cover of Seosin. And then it's like I appreciate your question too, because like I come from all that crazy and that's why I'm so ashamed of it and embarrassed because I never felt like that was ever truly really me. You know what I mean? I was just there because a friend took me to one of those shows and then a friend wanted me to help like start a band. Mm-hmm. So it was just like it all came natural and I just did it. And I just kept going and kept going. So it was just, it's weird. And me today now is, is I'm still the same passionate, creative person. It's just, I'm not afraid to be myself anymore. You know passionate I mean? and creative, like what do you mean? Like art, an artist? Yeah, all the way around. So I produce music and I make music. And then, you know, I've always painted and I tattooed for like 10 years. Really? And, 
yeah, I've always painted. Every, like, you know, that's something I always did. And how old are you? Right now I'm 31. So you've done a lot. Yeah. I mean, 30 years, is, it sounds like a long time to me. And when you get older, it doesn't. But fuck, that's a lot of shit to be doing in 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, right? This guy's been through a lot. Yeah. And so what? what is it that you would uh, like to do? Or what is, what? I don't know, What what inspires you? What's the... What is the cosmic rule, the thing that sparks your, you know, sparks your fire, gets you going? I think it's just the all-around creativity. I mean, in any form, it's not one thing. It's like it's not. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, I just want to make music the rest of my life," because that's not true. You know, I mean, I still want to be able to, you know, build things. Building things is so much fun, and and painting and art and and you know, music, they all go together. So it's like, yeah, I I was just talking with him the other day about that, about how he's like kind of in the perfect spot, like with Chumba and shit, like to be able to build and be creative like that in that way, but also like make music. And nowadays you don't really need to just be one thing. You know, that's That's true. Like, that's what's so cool. I mean, Chumba, what do you call it? Chumba Meadows? Chumba Meadows is perfect because you got it all right there. What's yeah. it called? Camp Chumba? <laughs> Chumba Meadows. Yeah. Meadows yeah, Chumba Meadows, Chumba Farm. It, and, and, and it's such a great, like <clears throat> like this house too. <clears throat> you know, we, we can all come together and really just talk about like life lessons and like, you know, where we can bring more love into everything and just grow from each other and like, and and the cool thing about all the shit you've been through, like whether you realize it or not, like all that stuff like makes you who you are and gives you like a yeah. perspective and like an insight on like this whole other, like you've experienced so much stuff, whether you think it's bad or good or whatever, like it's, it's exactly what it's supposed to be to, to make you who you are and give you like the wisdom that you have on like, you know what it's like to be in those kind of wh- wh- where creative environments can turn because of ego and shit, you know, and that's like yeah. really a valuable thing to be able to bring into any new situation that you get that you go into, you know. So that's like the learning to lose shit is like what we think are losses or negative experiences or getting beat up by band members or getting jumped because of that. It gives you such a cool. And just making huge mistakes. Yeah, but dude, mistakes. I mean, like, I love my tattoos. I love my tattoos so much, and I'm happy that I made the choices that I made. But had I not been into that scene, and had I not wanted to be the toughest one around, I probably wouldn't have fucking tattooed my neck so heavily and my hands and like everything. But I also just got tattooed really fucking fast. And just, yeah, like, filled it all up. But but it's so dope. It but I love you, it. It yeah. makes you who you I don't, are. I don't, I don't take it back at all, but I look back at it and I'm like, but life would have been so different had I not done, gone through those experiences that I went through. And yeah. now I'm a completely different person. Now I would much rather sit around and listen to like Native American flute music versus anything else. Like I would much rather. But let me just ask you this. Are you saying that you wish that stuff never happened? Absolutely not. That's right. what I'm saying. I respect the fact that it happened. Yeah. And it, and that's, it, like and the, it, that's the part that all those trials and tribulations that I went through, through my teenage years and early 20s, within all that, was just like 
all a part of my transformation of yeah, who, what my and, ultimate being was going to be. And you wouldn't like fl- flute music and I wouldn't like as, much. as much. Do you much. think that that's the case? I don't think he'd like it as much. I, I, I agree. Because all that stuff, it's like... Dude, it's just it's it was like so the yin intense. and the yang and the dark and the light. Yeah, right? like it's na- going na- to the darkest to the lightest. Na- now like. we're like getting into the good stuff of like how rather than like turning the door or closing the door on the past, like embrace all that stuff that happened to you and recognize that it is what made you who you are. Like all of our stuff, like we all have our own things that. You know, you don't carry that stuff around with you like a weight, like weighing you down. You use it as straight up, you know, like like experiences that make that made you who you are. And it's like you're like a it was just, you know, you're like a, you know, like a piece of jewelry, like some pieces of jewelry, like look cooler over time because they get like these little marks on them and stuff, you know? Like, mm-hmm. what's a good example of that? Like, you know, like a, like a fine... A patina? Like on copper? Like, just like, like cool, like something that has like age and like, and like, um, you know, something that, that gets cooler and, and, and more... Character. Yeah, has character. character. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, it you don't want to be like some blank, empty, boring person. person and yeah, you have no, like totally. all your tattoos and all your experiences give you make you who you are and you're like this person that's experienced all this all this stuff it just really i just the way i look at it is i feel like i really got to tap into so many things all the way across the spectrum to really be able to find where my balance was you know what i mean like because once i like once i quit the hardcore band and played that last show it was like okay all of a sudden now from going from a struggling kid in a hardcore band touring the United States in a van as many times as you can, all of a sudden I was just like set free in Hollywood. And coming from like a small town in Northern California, that sucked. So it was like, boom. It was like all my energy that went into the hardcore music, like all the time that I spent writing the music and building the sets and like going and raging at these shows went into like... Hollywood, partying in Hollywood, being new to Hollywood with social media and some clout and Instagram just came out and I had like hundreds of thousands of followers before I got deleted for the first time. Really? I got deleted because I posted a picture of me snorting cocaine off of titties. <laughs> yeah, so that's what it was you that. Start, you had to start, start all over again. Yeah, I started from zero again. Like it was bad. Wow. It, and then like, you know, being super tattooed and getting into like the modeling world because I was so tattooed and all of a sudden I was like an alternative model, but at least I was hustling. I was making money cuz I was like I was trying I was hustling tattoos and like sleeping on couches for like my first 3 years in Hollywood. So that was that was all a huge part of it too because then like I rebelled I was like fuck hardcore music I don't give a shit I just want to like party in Hollywood and then you know then that's when I met like Max Nash and and those guys I was tattooing on Melrose and kind of doing the same thing like tattooing in the day making enough money to like buy a bag of coke and beer for that night and then just party the whole night and do it again the next day. <clears throat> but when I'm at Max and stuff, they party different. They they move different. They function different. And just like the hardcore music, I was so intrigued by them. I was mm. like, oh, sick. I was like, these guys have jobs. 
and they're making good money, but they're still like raging and having the best time. And like, and that, running is, that, the is that when you started coming over to Jason and Vic? No, they were like still there, still like a couple more years down the road. I didn't even like really go through any type of spiritual enlightenment or anything. Yeah, like this is when like I was still in party mode with the boys. It wasn't up until like Max's thirtieth birthday party. We all went to Joshua Tree, and that was my first experience with psychedelics. And I think that was like the biggest turning point in my life. That's when I was like really able to cope with all the crazy stuff that I went through in my teenage years. It all made sense, and I realized like you know, just being an all-around artist and creative person was like my full-blown purpose. But I accepted everything that I'd gone through, and I wasn't like afraid of it anymore didn't really give a shit like it happened and like I had this newfound inspiration for music and and art and all that so this all happened in one night no. I mean the the what you're talking about a psychedelic trip though it was that was a, turning a lot point. all happened a big turning point but then like you know I'm not I, saying it can't happen I'm just curious it, it wasn't like a full-blown overnight like boom but it kind of was at the same time you know what I mean I think it put a lot of it put some certain things in perspective for me and I got rid of some really bad habits that turned into great things you know what I mean that all happened kind of overnight hmm, what was it what kind of drug um I did LSD and oh. then like and then like that was coming from being like a like heavy beer drinker loving cocaine to going to being like oh, I don't really need to drink anymore and I don't like cocaine mm. like the next day you know what I mean mm. like straight up and that lasted it's still to this day full blown you know except like here and there I, I, right, I, you right. know I'll okay. drink and, and like this and that and not even but not even like the little bit of cocaine I, it got to a point where like I did do it a couple of times thinking I was gonna like it was going to be like it was, and I just thought I just did not like it. Not like mm-hmm. I felt gross or anything like that. I just didn't like it. Like, naturally, it was just like, no, I'm good. You know what I mean? You so, mean like after, after, after the, trip. The, the, the trip? But before it, you were doing a lot. Like, as much as I could. Every day. Every day. I would tattoo, tattoo, make money, go buy drugs, go to the bar. And that was like every day. That was like a four-year streak in Hollywood doing that every day. Hmm. <laughs> Hey, that was a double. <laughs> well, yeah, because we're probably wondering if you've ever, you know, thought, ooh, maybe like, um, you know, <clears throat> like, how do you ask that question? Like, have you ever had like a, maybe I have a problem. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I knew I had a question problem. him about this at the Chumba oh, Meadows. Oh, really? Doesn't seem like he does. Right. So weird to me. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. But you get high every day. But that's a new thing. He does. He's just started doing that. Oh. The weed? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't start smoking weed until kind of like around meeting Max and Troy. And then that, and that's kind of helped me. Help me. Yeah. Like, for sure. Yeah. I just saw a video today on TikTok of a guy was saying that the marijuana, the cannabis plant, is here to help humans. Yeah. Every single thing about it, the CBD, the THC, the cannabinoids or whatever. But like anything else that can be helpful, if you abuse it, it will not be good. And, um, you can kind of tell when you're, I forget what he was saying. Fuck. I wish I would have saved it. But I do, so, I do something along, a lot of weed along those lines. Yeah. But do you think that you smoke weed to feel or to avoid, feelings or do you think that you need it yes 
Yeah, I'm going to say he seems like a stoner. Maybe you weren't before, but you definitely seem like a stoner. I wasn't before. <laughs> I wasn't before. I definitely am now. Yes, I'm absolutely. I, that's the thing is I am a little bit dependent on it. But So it's like if I crave a cigarette, I'll go smoke a bowl. Oh, you want to do this? I'll just go smoke a bowl. So it's kind of like become my replacement. Like to just go, just like, you know, get rid of that with that want or need or whatever it is at that time. Mm. Kind of, but it's not really an issue because I'm still extremely productive. Even like yeah. being in a high stressed like job doing logistics and like nothing can fall through the cracks and there's a hundred things you have to do. I always crush it. You know what I mean? So I feel like the cannabis for sure helps me. Otherwise I'll have like anxiety and be stressed, smoke a bowl, chill out a little bit and, and I can handle tasks knock it out but not yeah, everyone's I mean, like that no uh, there's a lot of other people that are not like they can they're not functioning stoners at all for yeah. sure but yeah it's it's totally possible to be totally fine with yeah. that you know I'm trying to find this thing that this guy was saying about weed it's so just, what's this spiritual thing you had a spiritual experience at some point yeah i mean or was that psychedelic trip the or part of it, or the initiation into it, or well, no? Was it yeah. when you were a kid? What? What like, do you mean? I mean, you said. What it have you been through? Stories. Having now met Jason and Vic and been through all this stuff, and like, where are you at now? With I think like, meeting them was like kind of all meant. That was like lined up and meant to be. They got brought into my life in a very special way, you know, like organically through Max. That have, they have all been friends before Vic and I like super connect on the creative level you know could we like to do everything you know she's the same way she likes to make music she likes to paint she likes to do this she likes we like to do a lot of stuff so her and I can relate a lot on that so that's been great they just came into my life in a good time kind of where I already you know had gone through all my issues my relationships and problems I already found myself and who I was going to be you know what I mean Yeah, it's fucked up because the it's so loud where he's at. He's at a river or something. Yeah, and that guy's dope. This guy talks a lot about breathing and like he's he's actually really dope. Um, mm-hmm. Doctor Samuel B. Oh shit, that reminds me. I still got to do my challenge tonight. Fuck. What challenge? Wow. My challenge: uh, exercise. I have to drink a certain amount of water. I have to write and read a certain amount every day. And if I don't fuck up on one of them, I have to start all over again. Nice. For 20 days. It's been good, dude. I feel like I'm getting shredded. I'm reading. I read Young last night, dude. Fucking Young is a oh, shit, bro. Carl Young. And he was talking about his dreams. Like, this guy's a weirdo. Talk about. I don't know how he ever made it into, like. Well, I don't know. I just started the book, but it's pretty interesting. But he was talking about how he had this dream where he was. 
in a foggy, windy night, and and he was making very slow headway because the winds were so strong, and in his hands he had a little flickering flame, and behind him was a huge, swarming, dark figure that terrified him. And he realized immediately when he woke up from this dream that the light in his hands, the flickering light, was his consciousness. And it just tripped me out because that light caused the shadow behind him. Mm. But he knew he was going to be okay as long as he went forward. But that's when we're talking about the light and the dark. Like, without the consciousness, without, and he calls it the greatest, tre- the only and the greatest treasure is your consciousness. And that's it. Mm. And this little light that we have, each one of us, is our sole treasure, but it creates the dark shadow. Because right. you can't have a shadow without light. Right? And so in the shadow, I was thinking there's so much that we don't know. Mm-hmm. It's so much bigger than our consciousness, what we are. I don't know, it just started triggering all those interesting, weird wow. thoughts about like existence and consciousness and yeah. life. and Yeah, like, life is crazy, man. Well, it's, 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 uh, yeah, like you, when you think consciousness, it's like, yeah, we start to think and we start to think, oh, am I good enough? Yeah, seriously. I think that's why the learning to lose thing is huge for me. Yeah. I was just like, you would expect. A lot of people, when they first meet me, they like they think that I was like the leader of the whole my whole situation. But I was such a follower. Mm. That's why I learned so much. And then like being from so like all the way across the board and back and forth, and so open minded to so many things, yeah, and trying so many things and doing yeah. so many things and just being a little hustler, yeah. I failed so fucking much. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, you definitely. I feel like I failed at everything I tried. Yeah, but you definitely seem like a an asset, like a guy, like a good, like you're a hustler for sure, yeah. and like you're like a good dude, and like. Yeah, like he's definitely a nice vibe, right? Yeah, like a likable dude. Yeah, big time. And even yeah. like on the on the on he was building. We were building this room, and he was cutting the holes in the fucking. He built like all these rooms for this Languas video that we did for. He helped build the set for the Languas video. Handy, handy, and like yeah, a, it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went. Yeah, those struggles were real. Those are great turning points, though. And then looking back on being able to accomplish all that shit, I think eventually I just felt like just do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't feel like Superman. I wasn't like, oh, I can do anything I fucking want. But I did go through a point, like a turning point, where I realized, I was like, bro, like, you're good, man. Like, you're a hustler. Yeah. You're strong. You know, like, I mean, you're yeah. in a good place. I got over, like, a lot of fears. <clears throat> like, I was, like, big on the fear thing always wanting to be cool or always wanting certain people to look at me a certain Mm. way or fit in a certain way. And I think once I let that like released a lot of that and didn't care about what people thought. That kind of goes with learning to lose too. Like learning to lose, like you just don't give a fuck what people think anymore. I started coping with it all. Like, you know, these people are going to fucking like me or they're not. It turns out when you don't give a fuck, they like you. Like Pat, yeah. <laughs> like meeting, and then like when meeting you do Pat, give a fuck, they don't because meeting, you're trying to be somebody else, right? Yeah. yeah like, Go ahead, sorry. Like meeting a guy like Pat before, like way back in the day. Okay, I would, I would usually typically meeting a guy like Pat that's so just outspoken and and just blunt and Aggressive, boom and loud, yeah. in your face and fucking like, what's up? I'm Pat. 
I would be like very before I would be extremely intimidated by that, like almost maybe annoyed by it. Like, bro, mm-hmm. like don't fucking do it. To a me. lot of people I notice a lot of people do get that initially yeah. until they get mm-hmm. to know you. I think even Angela's realized that you're not evil or whatever right. you want to call it. And yeah, then, well, I mean, dude, she just texted me here, put the mic closer. I, it was after like the, maybe the second time of being around Pat, he almost became one of my fucking favorite people to be around and inspired me so much because he's just so he's just so him fucking self he was showing me that it's like dude like he's a good reminder of like dude you can be yourself yeah you don't have to give a shit yeah 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 just be a good dude be a good fucking that's, that's be a good fucking dude and do your thing that's you know learning I mean? to lose that's, for me because like like all right like like i'm nothing i'm not important I'm a failure. I'm useless. None of it matters. I'm only here to serve others. Yeah. I, it's just like, I, I should be dead. Yeah. Yeah. So like, Fuck. Yes. so who cares? Yes. Like, let me just fucking, I feel that love people and try to have fun and be creative. And like, just, it's a form of like surrender. My, yeah. It's a whole surrenders. All, it's all about surrender. And, and, yeah, I still have a s- struggles. Like I, I, I yeah, I want to try to work out tonight too. It's just like that's the thing. That's where it I just... got to do twenty minutes. Let's do twenty minutes after this. That's it. Twenty minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We could do push-ups, dips, you mean like or whatever, here. anything, anywhere. I just have to do twenty you mean minutes. Like you want to do it together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm down. I, uh, let's let's do it. Wow. Do you guys have any more questions? What's up? No, we're, I mean, we, we, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, uh, I like when we start getting to where we're at, but that's cool. Yeah. yeah it's, it's been like forever. Yeah. I don't know if it's been, yeah, it's been definitely at least an hour and a half. So we're yeah, we've been going, but yeah, that's a, that's a crazy great story, man. And we'll, we'll talk again. We have, I'm sure you, and- since we talked about the hardcore past, we should get together again and kind of talk about more of like. You know, getting into like where I am now and who I am now, and the see, things I'm into now. See, that's why I like to have people on more than once. Yeah, like Jason and Vic, and you know, you know, DDA. DDA was actually going to come tonight. I, I, I was gonna, I was hoping. I'm definitely going to get another mic. Yeah, because it'd be cool to have. It would have been great if like Vic could have just sat and, with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. Or even Tim yeah. because Tim like kind of watched me. Yeah, Tim I knew Tim for many years. Yeah, I definitely yeah. need another mic. And there's one more input here. It's just like in and out. Now, now we're mic. about to leave this. I just feel so. I, I still feel so ashamed and embarrassed huh. of my past. Like, really, that's your past is like fucking. Dope. It's sick. It's dope. But at the same time, I just don't. It just still irks me so much that I did some of the things that I did. Yeah, but like... All right, so do you, you have a confession to make or something? Like, It up? seems like that, right? I, because I, I totally have nothing left to say, but it's just like, I just don't fucking like it. But hmm. I don't well, know. That's the thing, though, is learning to love it. Learning to love... I've accepted it. Everything about your oh, past. Dude, I've got some stuff that... I've accepted it. Yeah, I I won't share it, but believe me, eventually we we all carry some weight on our shoulders, and some of it is probably forever. Yeah, but that's just how it goes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into like how things are t- today. You know. Yeah, I mean, you're we we're at peace today, totally, and that's it. That's Absolute all that we peace. have. That's all we can ask for. Right, right now. 
right now. Well, you know what I was really digging on today? And this is where, you know, it feels kind of weird, right? Because I feel like I have a community here. Like, they're new, but it already feels like community. And it came from you. I hope you do, because I want... But yeah. it's kind of cool, because age groups don't matter. Like, I'm quite a bit older, and this and that. It doesn't seem to matter, as long as you're jiving on that vibe yeah. or whatever. And, and you it, don't need to know about fucking... About fucking uh, extension, or yeah. it's fine if you don't know about that shit because you bring up the violent femmes, and now I'm like, yo, I'm about to go deep. Like, I'm literally Fuck. about to become obsessed with the violent femmes because I'm so fascinated. But, like, you do know a lot about like different chambers, like Primus and the violent, like, he's those are two different things, yeah. Two. He's on some different, on a different level. I think it's, it's just because I grew up like a decade before, yeah. But I don't think you give yourself that's enough all credit. Really good music, too. That's like yeah. great music that yeah. got notoriety. But he's always yeah. saying, like, I don't know shit about I don't pop know shit cult. about music, yeah. But, bro, like, none of us do. No, yeah, there's like, so much fucking there's music. so much. Well, nowadays it's got to be insane, like, yeah, I wouldn't. It, the point is, is that like knowing that the Violent Femmes put out that album, and I just listened to the, one of the songs off their off their the album after that, and it's fucking dog shit. Yeah, why is that? I don't know. I I can't yeah. wait to find out. But it like, happens. Well, I mean, but 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 it's a little bit different. Well, I don't with understand them because though. every fucking song on that first album, everyone is, is good. So everyone, and they're like hits. Like those that, that dude, those dudes are paid for life because all those songs are just hits. And then they have like a bunch of other albums and they're just, I, I don't know for sure. There might be some good songs on some of the other ones, but how do you know this for sure? I, I don't know for sure. I've just listened to like one of their other albums. I listened to two songs. And I'm like, I can't even listen to this. Well, I think sometimes what happens is, you know, you, you write songs before you get a deal or before you mm-hmm. put out an album and it's literally your life's work on your first album. Right. Yeah. And now you have to make another one right. in like a year. So you're like, okay, so you made, nothing a, you made a shot cool. your whole load right there. Yeah. Right? And, just, and then they're, they're like, Oh, maybe we should rebrand then and try this sound. And then it fucking fails. Well, it sounds to me like dude tried to go in like a more folky direction, which is cool. Yeah. But I it love just, folk music. It just I love didn't, change. It just didn't work commercially. Which yeah. is fine. It's still like cool music. Is it? I'm yeah, for sure going to buy that album on vinyl. That first one. Because it's got that stand-up bass and that raw it sounds, sound. It sounds so punk. Yeah, it, 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 it really fast. is. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming, Jared. We're going to wrap it up. Thanks for having me, Pat. Right, guys. Good night. Yeah.